Welcome to Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, content marketing strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your content better. Oracle Marketing Cloud helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. And by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. Now, here are your hosts, Jeffrey L. Cohen, Director of Content Strategy at Oracle Marketing Cloud. And from Uberflip, Randy Frisch. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. This is your host, Jeff Cohen. And today I'm hosting this show without my trusty co-host, Randy Frisch, who is traveling the world somewhere. But we're going to have a great show. We're going to talk about content with our guest, Lauren Goldstein from Babcock Jenkins. And we will start in just a minute. But one of the things that Randy and I have started doing on on season three here of Content Pros is talk about a stat. So I have a an interesting stat about content marketing that I'll kick off with. I'll talk a little bit about it amongst myself, and then I'll bring in Lauren and we'll get some feedback from Lauren. And we'll kind of go into talking to her about some of the content that she's created for her clients, she and her team have created. Um, so the stat that I found is that 65% of senior marketing executives believe that visual content, and they describe that as photos, video, illustrations, infographics, all the stuff that we commonly think of as visual content marketing, are actually core to how their brand's story is communicated. So it's interesting. There are lots of stats about visual content marketing. Basically, everything has gone visual. Everything's gone video. But when you, when you think about this particular stat, it's not, just that, it's not just that brands are using visual content to, to call attention to themselves, to get people to stop on any given social post or, or read a blog post or, or download an ebook, but it's really critical, really critical to telling their brand story. So it's, it's more than just it's more than just the marketing idea of here's a pretty picture. It's we are now telling our story visually. And that's why certainly why platforms like Instagram have exploded the way they have over the past few years, because it is a storytelling medium and they're definitely using visuals. So, Lauren, I'll bring you in on our stat portion before I formally bring you in for our interview. What are, what are your thoughts on this stat that these senior marketing executives are, are so interested in visual content as telling their brand stories? I love it. I mean, we all know that a picture is worth a thousand words. I hate to bring in an old time perspective, but it really is. And when you think about content marketing versus marketing, at least the way that I think about content marketing, they're one and the same. So if you're going to be a great storyteller, which is what great brands are, then your content marketing needs to represent not just the story from a a words perspective, but you need to bring it to life visually. 
So as soon as I heard you share that quote, the first thing that came to mind was, well, of course, a picture's worth a thousand words. And so it's it's no surprise that um, visual content marketing is a necessity. Well, that that's great. So so now, thank you for participating in our in our stat feature at the beginning. Let's circle back and welcome Lauren to the Content Pros podcast. Tell me a little bit about what you do and and some of the work that you and your team do at Babcock, Babcock Jenkins. Jeff, thanks for having me here. Um, so the work that we do when when I'm asked, you know how how do you how do you help B two B brands? We're really here to help brands, B2B brands, connect with business buyers. And the common denominator, as I was just sharing a moment ago, is about being great storytellers. And even when my kids ask me, you know, mom, what do you do for a living? I say, well, mom's a storyteller. And in fact, that's really where great brands are achieving success because great storytelling, you know, has a purpose. Um, Oftentimes, and, and hopefully more often than not, it has relevance. And whether that relevance is in helping a business buyer solve a problem, um, whether it's helping them think through a situation or a challenge and how to overcome it, but that's really what our goal is for our clients, is to help them um, connect and engage with buyers with a business outcome in mind. I guess that's you know one of the key points of differentiation as we think about B2B marketing is that it's not just about the storytelling, but that storytelling connected to a business outcome. That's great. I, I love the love the idea of really thinking about marketing with true business results because that's that's the way marketing moves forward. That's the way businesses move forward. So, I also think that's one of the biggest distinctions between what I'll call um, old school advertising versus new school. I think that I, I and people like me are so wired to be focused on the outcomes part of it, not just um, not just outcomes like driving an action, but outcomes like driving business forward. And so when when we think about content marketing or the notion of content marketing, it really is about not just entertaining and delighting, but it's got to be entertainment and delight that solves a problem and therefore moves somebody forward, um, you know, in a direction that will ultimately benefit the buyer and the business. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. And one one of the examples that you shared with us is about a company that you, you helped make the transition from doing feeds and speeds marketing, all about which is all about the product, to to actually thinking a little more holistically and and actually empowering the organization to essentially move their business forward in a new way. Can can you talk about that and and whether you can share the certainly whether you can share the company name is you know that that's up to you. You can do it generically if you need to. No, it's okay. Actually, there there are dozens of examples, but one that I will share, and and the story is um, is in the public domain, so I'm happy sharing some of the details of it. But it was for Xerox um, in their managed print services group, and like many other organizations, their history of marketing had been trying to compete on speeds and feeds and price, and as content becomes more pervasive 
that just means a lot of people talking about speeds and feeds and price. And so when Xerox came to us, they they understood that they needed to change the conversation, that they weren't going to win um, off of sounding like everybody else in what was becoming a very commoditized area. And so when we really got into the mindset of the business buyer, um, which in this case was primarily in the enterprise, um, it was primarily going after um, operations executives and started to, again, really understand what was top of mind for them. Their focus at the period of time that we were going to market was really about doubling down and growing business. It was forward looking. It was aspirational. It was visionary. And so by understanding that, we could understand the role that Xerox could play to them as a partner. Um, and in this particular case, the role that they could play was let us take care of the back office while you focus on the growth of your business. And so instead of going to market with more speeds and feeds, we went to market with a very aspirational story um, around business optimism. And Xerox clearly didn't have um, you know, loads of content that told that story. So we had to create a content path or a content plan for them that helped tell the story um, in an aspirational way. And it included everything from um, working with Forbes magazine and creating a chief optimist magazine that had very um, high level thought leadership, aspirational content to creating ROI calculators and infographics and other um, content that was suited towards mid funnel. And then of course, making sure that there was end of funnel and that's where it may have been more appropriate to get into the speeds and feeds. But we really helped them change the conversation and, and define the art of the possible for their business buyer. So one of, the, one of the big challenges that lots of companies face, whether it's internal or agency side in making pitches, is taking that big idea, breaking it down, and convincing your boss, the client, that this is the approach to take and this is the kind of content we need to create. So talk a little bit about either like was Xerox already a client of yours or did you pitch them new? Was How did the pitch of this idea go and what was what was the response? Sort of describe that, that process a little bit. That's a really juicy question. I love it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's a little bit of hard work. It's a little bit of trust. Um, Xerox at the time was not a client of ours. I think that they were looking for an idea that their team could really rally around. But I also think that they understood that if they continued down the path that they had been traveling, that that path was going to lead to a dead end. Um, very quickly. So we'll say it was a little bit of aspiration, a little bit of trust, um, a little bit of confidence in um, the approach that we were that we were advocating, and then also um, proof that content marketing, when done right, um, does drive ROI. I can fast forward and say um, within about we'll say twelve to eighteen months of when we kicked off this initiative, meaning we, you know, we started to develop a creative brief and, and get started, we had put $2 billion into their pipeline. So there's now a high level of confidence that this type of marketing that is based on buyer insights, that is focused on the entire funnel, um, and that is more aspirational and 
and addressing um, business challenges at a larger level, that that works. So I, I definitely understand that confidence level because what I heard was $2 billion with a B. Yes, <laughs> that was pipeline. You know, I, I don't know that there's, um, you know, one hard, fast metric um, to gauge content marketing success. But one that we often advocate for is taking a look at pipeline contribution against an initiative that was put into market. Again, there's probably a half dozen really critical KPIs that we'll look like, or sorry, that we'll look at, but that is an important one. And yes, that's a capital B. (laughs) I think it's two capital Bs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when... It's it's interesting because if you're if you're thinking about pipeline, then that starts getting at the marketing sales alignment question, and and as a as a long time B two B marketer, I know that marketing and sales alignment is always a challenge. As basically as an agency partner, did you get into into any visibility into how this improved marketing sales alignment or was that was that part of your charge at all trying to bring those two functions together yes and yes <laughs> a company has to have a certain level of readiness in order to engage a partner or in order to embark on it themselves if they're looking to do it with an in-house team and xerox had definitely started those conversations Truth be told, with a lot of our clients, we oftentimes start and then have a many-month pause. And that many-month pause is usually where the the sales and marketing team absolutely have to align on who is our buyer, what makes us different, how are we helping improve their business challenges, and and you're right, um, for this to be successful, it is an absolute prerequisite. We do help our clients move through that path, but we can't force it. I wish we could, but we can't. Um, so, so yes, oftentimes there's a lot of starting and stopping um, to ensure, again, right audience, right insights, right story, um, oftentimes right accounts. Um, Part of what contributed to the success of Xerox, and again, I could tell you a dozen or more other stories, was getting very tightly aligned on which accounts were going to move the needle fastest. So one little insight that I'll give you is that $2 billion is not comprised of hundreds of thousands of companies. Um, They were very deliberate in terms of the types of organizations that were going to yield the biggest return for their investment. So... That's a that really is a great story, and one of our sponsors here at Content Pros is actually a podcast called The Business of Story, also produced by Convince and Convert. And host Park Howell gets some great guests of storytellers that span industries from Hollywood to B two B, and their insights can actually take your business content from meh to wow. Mm-hmm. So tune in at businessofstory.com to check out that great podcast. So Lauren, to take this kind of in a in a different direction a little bit. While 
it it can be very different thinking about thinking about agencies creating content versus in-house teams creating content but do, i think one of the places where they come together is kind of how teams how those teams are actually organized and the the people that you have on your team creating content what do, what does that structure look like what how does I, I guess what's the makeup of your content team? When we have an opportunity to to do full service content marketing for clients, the makeup is a combination of strategy, of art, of science. You really need a lot of different perspectives to bring a content marketing strategy to life in a way that's going to deliver results for your client. So when we are just engaging, one of the prerequisites is understanding if buyer insights have been gleaned. And if that's not been done in a way that has us not just look at what the awareness level is for that that solution, we need to look at what the need is in the market all the way through to how do we go head to head with a competitor. So understanding those audience insights across the entire life cycle is critical. That's the first thing. So if that prerequisite is not complete, we need to jump in there. The second thing is understanding what kind of content exists. And there's always some kind of content that exists. Um, but where does that content fall into the conversation that you want to be having across the life cycle? Um, is it good as is? Does it need some va-boom? So once we understand the insights and can define the conversation that we want to be having with the buyer from beginning to end, we then take a look at the content. We audit and assess the content that exists and put together um, a very thoughtful analysis of what net new content or what evolved content needs to be developed in order to really address the needs across the entire funnel. There's also an important um, data component into all of this, and that is who, who are we talking to? If it's going to an install base or if it's going to a prospect database, we better understand where our, our segments are falling in. So, you know, so far the skill sets, just to get back to your question, the skill sets are those who can drive buyer insights, those who can develop messaging or conversation to determine what that story is going to look like those that can assess and audit the content and determine where the gaps are, those with data expertise to really understand where those core populations are that are going to be driving your best opportunities. So whether that's a database um, expert, whether that's bringing in predictive analytics into the equation. Um, So those are all of the upfront pieces that have to happen. And then there's the actual build of the content. So that might be anything from a designer to a videographer to um, a writer. I mean, there's lots of disciplines involved. So as I said at the beginning of the call, we don't necessarily differentiate between content marketing and just good marketing. So you really need a full suite of um, team members to bring great content marketing to life. So it's funny, as you were answering that question, before you, in fact, circled back to say, getting back to your question, I thought I had answered, I had asked a different question because you were doing such an awesome job describing the process of creating content by starting with strategy and doing an audit and trying to understand who you're reaching. 
that I forgot what question I had asked you. So I'm, I'm glad you came back to the people part, but I love, I love your focus on process actually as the answer to how the team is made up because you absolutely have to start with that big idea of what is it that we need. Certainly one of the advantages that agencies have versus agencies have versus brands is you have the ability to create more dynamic teams than brands do. For instance, if, if I needed a videographer, I might have to just go out and hire a videographer for this project. You might already have one that, that you work with or is in house already. Uh, so, so I think there's, there's certainly something different about an agency model, but yeah, great to think about all those different roles that goes into creating great content. Or as you said today, it's, it's just great marketing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and one of the, I think new skill sets that will emerge, we jokingly call them unicorns when we find the right people. But as you can imagine, to bring all of the skill sets to the table to create great content is sometimes an overrev, right? I, I like to use the analogy of trying to cut butter with a chainsaw. And so when you look at, and there's a great article, I think it was an ad week from a couple months ago, a great article about some of the skill sets that are graduating out of top universities right now. And these are our unicorns or people with a hybrid skill set. So um, a great copywriter that can also design and perhaps um, can be great with film. And so somebody who can come in and play multiple roles within that either strategy side of things or within the actual content creation. And in fact, you know, those are the types of people that we're looking for. And, and the kind of people that I think about as being successful marketers, it's, you use the term art and science earlier and, and you have to be a great writer or great creator of some regard, but you also have, you also have to have the analytic skill to understand what's going on because great content marketing actually is about driving real results. It's, it's not just about creating things that are, that are awesome. And I think the days of the creatives that just sit there and say, I don't care about metrics. I'm making art. Right. There's really no place for that anymore. I'm shaking my head. I could not agree with you more. I, I think that the other opportunity that we see with content marketing is you don't necessarily have to rest on a big idea. In fact, it's, it's lots of little ideas that are relevant to your different segments that let you win the day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's as much, it's a, as much good, solid execution as opposed to that big idea. You need you need an idea to rally around, of course. But yes, find it, finding the right way to execute it. Um, so let's let's actually change track a little bit here and and get a little broader. So when when you look at when you look out over the world of content marketing, what do you see as what do you see as coming next? In other words, you can you can take this any way you want. In other words, it it can be a type of content, it can be a t- 
type of platform. It can be, it, it can kind of be anything. I mean, what's. I love the blue sky questions. Yeah. There's a lot of different things that come to my mind when you ask that question. The first is, and maybe it's the perfectionist or the type A in me, but I'm not certain that we ever get to the best possible place. I know we always talk about testing and optimizing, but but I still think there's a ton of opportunity to test and to optimize and to find new ways. And things that we tested six months ago don't test out anymore. So I think that one of the opportunities is just to continue to be thirsty and curious and to try new things because because our world is changing rapidly. So I'd say that's that's one thing that should just be wired into every marketer. Um, back in my early career, the word test, or back then it was a test and roll because it was very direct mail oriented. Um, that was a very dirty word to some people. But in our digital world, uh, testing is actually a very invigorating thing that allows us to all be better every day. I do think that there are some incredible technologies and platforms that let us do things smarter. Um, predictive analytics is a great example of really capturing what those signals are that will drive somebody to be a customer or that will indicate a high likelihood of them being a customer. And then to be able to incorporate those signals into your content creation because you know that they play an important role. I think that's really exciting. And while predictive analytics might be the it thing now, I feel certain that there will be other it things in the future. I also think that there are great um, technologies and platforms out there that just let you do things more easily today than, than years ago. And, and that comes in the form of you know, creating video, delivering video, um, animating a story. There's just a lot of great tools out there that, that make what we used to do so much easier and more engaging and more um, accountable. So I, I could keep going on for, you know, for hours on it, but I think there's a lot of possibilities. It's, it's one of the top reasons I'm most excited to be in marketing today is that there is constant change and constant opportunity to do things in a new way. It, it definitely is an exciting time to be a marketer. I, I couldn't agree more with that, with all, all those things keeping us excited so as we're as we're heading towards towards the end of the show, I have a, a couple more questions. As a as a longtime B two B marketer, which I am, and I, I guess you are too. Very often, we're sort of painted into the corner of oh, that's just B two B marketing. It's not exciting. It's not sexy. It's just it's just B two B. Um, you know. B to C, there's so much, there's so much more scale. There's so much more opportunity. There's so much more creativity. How do, how do you answer a question like that when people say, well, so Lauren, why are you in B2B marketing? Don't you want to be a, don't you want to market for a big consumer brand? Right. Right. Yeah. We live in the, the world of the Nikes here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, and the truth is, we're marketing to human beings. Granted, they're making a decision that impacts their organization, but we are marketing to people. And I think that's why the notion and the practice and the results that we see when we take a content first approach are yielding such great rewards. Because if we build content to solve problems that people have 
if we build content to be engaging and make people want to share it with other people, that whether you're marketing some sort of a exciting consumer product or whether you're marketing a hybrid cloud solution, you're still marketing to individuals and you still have an opportunity to tap into their emotion. So I guess I haven't lived on the other side of the fence for very long in my career, so I have a bias towards B2B, but I think it's really exciting. I think it's really sexy. I think that there's a lot of opportunity and it's just going to get more fun and exciting. And uh, I'm proud to be a B2B marketer. I do think it takes a little bit more geekiness, but but perhaps that's just my perspective. That's awesome. I I'm I'm also proud to be a B2B marketer and in in my frame of reference I think it's I think it's a much not greater challenge but to me it's more fun. It's more fun because you're trying to take something that people don't think is exciting and don't think that there's are these great opportunities to tell great stories and actually find those stories and and communicate them with with humans as you said. It just makes me think for a second about a campaign that we put into market with CSC. And while we were talking about hybrid cloud, we created some really fun content that was very engaging and is driving uh, six-figure pipeline revenue. Um, actually, we're just embarking on seven-figure pipeline revenue. So it's, it's in its early days, and you can still have a ton of fun, use a ton of humor, and be a B2B marketer. That that's awesome. I, I I love that. And our our final question, speaking of fun and humor, if you will, is we like to get to know our guests a little bit as people. And so, when you were a kid, what was it that you wanted to be when you grew up? And I suspect it probably was not a B two B marketer. I think I wanted to be Wonder Woman. I mean, didn't everybody? <laughs> but um, in my in my early days as after I got over the fact that I could not be Wonder Woman, I, I wanted to be a journalist. I did want to be a storyteller. So um, I, I think that my my passion from my early age has probably continued to stay with me. Well, that, that's great. And thank you so much for your time today, Lauren. We we really appreciate you participating in, in Content Pros. And I won't do it justice since Randy's not here, but as Randy says, if you're looking to learn about content experiences, come to Toronto in August, where he tells me the weather is not cold. And Uberflip, his company, is having the Uberflip experience. To learn more about this great event, go to uberflip.com experience. And this is Content Pro's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the show, listen to back episodes. You can certainly go to iTunes and Stitcher, leave ratings and reviews. That helps people find us. And you can go to our website at contentprospodcast.com. And I'll hopefully next time, we'll, Randy will be back in the co-host chair and we'll have a, a dueling podcast like usual. But other than that, thanks so much and have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip. 
and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast imaging by Audio